and welcome to the other side of midnight. I'm Keith Morgan. I'm going to be your host for the night. Richard's having some internet problems, and we had a big issue with our website earlier this week, starting on Wednesday, and I was working frantically along with uh, Robert Grasso, and we were trying to get this squared away. But we got most of the bugs worked out. It's still kind of delicate going on right now. But um, other than that, uh, we got a, I got stuff together because I had to redo pages and some other things in order to get us on the air tonight. And um, I'm kind of glad I was able to get back back to normal. Anyway, our guest for tonight is going to be Jonathan Womack. Uh, Jonathan's been working with Utah, um, and a lot of the artifacts there that are just not natural stuff. And I, I kind of showed Jonathan a picture that I took with my wife in the foreground and these objects in the background up on the top of this mesa. And one looked like a bus of Nefertiti. The other one looked like a pedestal that was a vertical column that was with square corners and edges and it was part of the front of the mesa right next to the bus of Nefertiti and years later down the road I was looking at it and I saw this vertical pillar standing on its own little pedestal and I showed it to Jonathan and the next thing I know he's sending a picture back to me and there's this bird head etched into the side of the mesa to the right of that and I didn't see that and I was I was astonished I was like wow here's confirmation that you got four out of place artifacts in one photograph so what we're going to be talking about tonight is a lot of the stuff that John Jonathan's uncovered uh, all kinds of alignments uh, structures things that just do not fit the norm of being natural. And I'm going to try to talk about a few things. Uh, come of the pictures that I took. Um, if you go to the other side of midnight.com and you go to our show page for tonight and you look at uh, the first items, this is actually my items, you'll find that there's a, um, there's a, a whole bunch of things that just are out of place, especially in my section. When you look there, you're going to see the first item is actually not in Utah. It's a picture that's actually showing um, inside of a cave or area that uh, Barry Goldberg actually took a picture of. And I noticed something on the wall. And it's that's very intriguing, but we're not going to talk about that tonight. So we can go straight to 1B. When that monolith showed up in uh, Utah, the silvery pillar, that triangular-shaped pillar, everybody flocked into that area, and they said, oh, isn't this interesting? And, and nobody looked at the artwork that was on the walls around them. I'm like, how can you go into an area like that and not notice the strange artwork on the walls? And one of the walls had, in 1B, this little owl sitting up on this ledge. 
And if you click on the picture, it'll get bigger. And you can see the owl sitting on the edge, the ledge. But then on the right side, on the wall, you'll see what looks like a caterpillar with a face and antenna sticking up out of it. And then you see these red, dark red streaks coming down the side. That's, that's not water runoff. That is paint. And nobody noticed this kind of stuff. Anyway, I'm going to jump through this real quick. But then <clears throat> other things started showing up. If we go down to 2A, this is the picture I took that um, has the bus of Nefertiti up in the top. The pillar with the little stem sticking out the top of it that looks like there was a head on it. And then down below, there is that pillar that I noticed years later after I had taken this picture. And I thought it was attached to the back wall. But then I found another picture later that actually showed I was closer looking up at it, and it was disconnected from the back wall. And Jonathan Womack actually went in, and he used Google Earth to look at that from the back, from that mesa behind it. And this thing is like yards away from that back wall, standing out at the edge all by its lonesome. It doesn't look like something natural. And then to the right, you'll see the bird head. I call it the Womack bird because Jonathan's discovered that because that just blew me away when he, he put that out there. I was like, wow. I, you can't have four out-of-place artifacts in one photograph like that. And the 2B is the one that has where I extruded the, the images. And all I did was use Microsoft, um, I forgot which, uh, 3D uh, paint, I think it was called. And I just put a, a rectangle around it and said, okay, you know, separate this. And those, the way those came out is exactly how you see them. I did not try to trace or cut and make sure, you know, they made this. I just put a box around it and it extruded it just the way you see them, uh, which tells me that if artificial intelligence, the program, could extrude these things, it must see the same thing that I'm seeing. Uh, 3B, 3A, excuse me, 3A through 3C, 3E, that is the area in Utah where the silver triangular pillar is at. And the first thing in 3A, when I saw that, I said, what, nobody sees the freaking puma head sticking out the side of the wall over there? My wife says it looks like a dinosaur. Hoagland says it looks like a dinosaur, but it looks like a puma head to me. You got the eye, you got the mouth, and you click on it, it'll get bigger. You can zoom in on it. But then on the left side, there was something that caught my eye, and and there's this wide sweeping S curve that comes down and then there's some holes and I couldn't make out what this was, but then later I saw what it was. 3B is a picture from Mars that uh, I believe it was uh, Perseverance took the picture of. And in that picture is what they call the balanced rock sitting on a sloping ledge and that ledge that it's sitting on has right angles and straight lines and doesn't look like it's supposed to be there. But then to the right of that, 
there's this, I thought it looked like a snake head sticking out the side of the cliff. But then when I really got to look at it, it looks more like a badger's head. And if you really look closely, you'll see what looks like the paw down below coming out, going pointing towards the, the little balanced rock sitting on that sloping ledge. And I found that was very unusual. But this is the kind of stuff that we're not really looking at with a, a critical eye. In 3C, if you look at that, you're looking at the silver pillar again, the monolith we call it. And on the right side, where I couldn't figure out what that slope was, you see this big cat head. It looks like a big cat head, two eyes, nose, and it's etched into the wall. And it's bigger than the freaking puma head. And I'm going, this is crazy. Uh, 3D is I annotate what I'm what I'm pointing at. And then there's uh, 3E. And 3E shows the, uh, I think these were um, forestry guys that were, came into the area when all this stuff started up. And there's a huge rock on the right side. It doesn't look like it belonged there. It's got smooth curved edges. It looks like Egyptian type head or something. Oh, this place is littered with stuff. And if you look over to the right, you can see the cat head better. It's, it's not as detailed as when you're further away, but you can see the cat head etched into the wall on the right. It's huge in comparison to the guys that are there. And what else? So now, <clears throat> this is the stuff that caught my attention. Now, I'm going to bring our guest on, Jonathan Womack. Uh, and he's going to take you through the things that he discovered. And that stuff that he's been turning out has been blowing me away. I'm looking at all of this going, there's no way... This is all coincidence. So, Jonathan, uh, would you like to guide us through this? Sure. Uh, I'll make a few comments about your pictures. Um, I've painted uh, a number of the photos you've taken, and uh, I, I just didn't have time to fit them in tonight, but uh, that time will come. So I remember seeing them for the first time and, and just looking at them going, gosh, that looks like a bird and I see something. And now here we are today and when I look at them, I think, how did I not see this stuff? Well, I just wasn't used to it and you have to learn how to see this. And that's my job now. I, since I, I, I came to the realization that all of this artwork uh, that covers both the planet Mars and planet Earth, every square foot. Um, it's this 3D type art. And what happens is the sun moves across the sky and you, if you're, you're standing in this canyon, let's say, um, you're going to see a, a scene unfold and you have these characters and they're doing things and then the scene changes as the seasons pass so it's this continuous you know it takes like a year for a, a story to unfold and this is happening all over 
it's all over the earth. You, you go to Mount Sinai, um, for example, and same thing. There's all this uh, all this light play. So it's it's quite extraordinary. But if you're not used to looking at it, or, or you're not going to see it, and it, it does take a while to to sink in. But now that I have um, you know the magic glasses on and i can see this stuff now it just it pops out like it it's a neon sign so it's funny how things change and evolve and what i i'd like to mention in your picture keith number 3a mm-hmm. um now i told richard on a previous show i had an idea about who the people that set this monolith up what their reason might have been their purpose and this kind of thing this is just because from what i've learned i can see what they're doing what they're i can tell they they've got a they've got a good clue they they don't quite get it because for one thing the ground should not be disturbed it's sculpted and it's full of glyphs and it's part of the art and it has lots of clues so to use a concrete saw and cut a space to put this monolith tells me something about these people but uh in 3a um if you look at the top middle of the picture you can see light coming through this slot and what i've found uh with the arches in the in the park and all over the world you have they fit into two categories you have the enclosed arch like delicate arch and where it's a, a closed aperture and then you have these open apertures. They're they're like three-sided arches. One end, one side of it is open, and that's what we see here. And I've come to recognize um, the shapes of these arches are not random. They mean something. And in, <laughs> believe it or not, they're they're like crest, sort of like a family crest or the presidential seal, or something very recognizable in our galaxy to, to the, the folks that travel from star system to star system. And, <clears throat> you know, they go about the galaxy. The galaxy is, is an art gallery. And <clears throat> so when they see these art shapes on the planets like Earth, they recognize it as the crest of these people, uh, a certain family, and these are the main characters who are behind the construction of the planets and the sculpting of the planet. Um, so in 3A, like I said, that at the top of the picture where you see the sun coming through that slot, I, you know, now I instantly recognize that, and that's... Um, for example, later in my slides, uh, we're going to go inside of a chamber inside Park Avenue. I call the Park Avenue end cap. And there's a, a huge um, archway there where the light comes in. It filters down 25 feet into this chamber that's inside the monument. And uh, that's the shape of the, the arch. So, Do you think uh, it's just coincidence that somebody pointed this triangular shaped pillar straight at that opening? No, they're trying to, uh, they're thinking of light. Um, 
what do you call celestial alignments. They, they want to see what the light, when the sun comes up, uh, this would, the sun would be coming up in, in the morning in the east here. We're looking, it would come right up there on a particular day. Um, alignments happen every day, but of course you have these major alignments on the solstice and the equinox. Uh, so the sun would come up there. There's also the uh, the mountain in the background, the, that mesa you see in the way in the background there. Yeah, that's all sculpted. I've actually painted. Uh, again, I didn't have time to include this tonight, but wait till you see this area when um, it's enhanced and you can see what's there without having to get the magic glasses. <laughs> um, it's so beautiful and stunning and wonderful. Um, so I believe these folks were trying to measure celestial alignments of, uh, solar alignments anyway, of the sun coming up and what happens when it shines through this slot, because that is a sun slot. And these three-sided apertures and also the arches that are an enclosed opening, both of these function as prisms and they send the light, they're bending the light, and they're sending it different places. Uh, they're like beam splitters, they're splitting up the light into different frequencies, and they're sending it here and there. And um, before I get ahead of myself, let's go to my item, my first item, item zero, Anunnaki creation myth. I've used this slide before. Again, just to, just to remind people that um, sort of put this into scale, what we have is, uh, if you were an alien coming into our planetary system and you fly by Earth, um, the aliens have magic glasses. They can see all the stuff that humans uh, cannot see um, with all the light going on. But um, they would recognize all this. And here we see uh, planet Earth, and we have the uh, Pacific, or I'm sorry, Atlantic Ocean, and on the right, uh, along the African west coast, I guess is. You should be able to pick out a sort of sea green. I've highlighted it in this kind of sea green color. This is the mother reptoid. Um, I'm calling her Queen Hera. And she's, uh, their mouths are always sculpted in a certain way. They're either singing or they're breathing this creation dust or mist or fire. The dragons are always breathing this dragon breath. Uh, it's all about creating. And so you can see the mother reptoid there. And then in the kind of purpley color, you can see a more humanoid face, um, side profile again, and looking to the left. And his mouth is also, he's breathing out and out of his mouth is coming Slinky, who <laughs> he's all over the earth. These are main characters that I've come, you get to, they start popping out at you. And, and these main characters are featured around the earth. And I'm going to start giving these people, some of them I've given names, um, like the, the guy who manages the portals. Uh, I call him Dr. Strange, and I will be 
showing him to you uh, in the next show that Keith and I are going to do called Arches of the Gods, where I, I take us through what the arches are and some of the things that they're doing and uh, how they're powered and so forth. But uh, yeah, Slinky's coming out of their mouth and, and Slinky is blowing also. And you've got um, South America coming out of Slinky's mouth. So there's this whole creation story that is told. And um, so as we near, as we descend toward the planet, you start seeing all the art within the art, within the art, and right down to ground level. So it's, it's really magical how you can park yourself, let's say five miles above Arches Park, and just look around and just um, immerse yourself in what they have created it, it's i don't even know how to describe it it's so fantastic so let's go to item number one uh dogon dragon composite um oh what did i click on uh let's see click to enlarge okay yeah a reptoid head on earth a reptoid head on mars this shape is all over the earth um, mountains uh, so many mountains and you see this dogon head or whatever whoever this person is this is a main character and at the bottom of this image i have uh, you can see like in red um, this is park avenue where you park your car and you start walking down into park avenue uh, but in red and also on the bottom right in yellow, you can see the Dogon head and you got, you, you always have the, the mom and the dad and then you'll have the kid or the kids. Uh, let's see. And then I made, uh, there's a link there to a, a YouTube clip I made. And what the clip is showing is a bright spot on this part of Park Avenue. They're everywhere. They're all over the Southwest and probably all over the earth in these uh, mountainous artistic areas. And what's happening, because I was trying to figure out what the light was doing. The light is this matrix of, oh my God, if you put on the glasses and you look, you're like, oh my God, what the... And so I'm, I'm always asking, you know, the ether or these, these people who did this, because uh, they, they're in a higher dimension than us here on Earth. And um, so I'm like, what is going on here? So it came to me that what they're doing with the light and the energy is creating... The planet isn't just an art sculpture. They turn it into a living being and they use the light. The light is creating a type of intelligence. Uh, instead of artificial intelligence like we have here, it's natural intelligence technology, or maybe you could call it thought tech, because this is providing a matrix for thought and awareness. You know, I, I've read about clouds being aware that clouds have consciousness before they turn into like a thunderstorm and they discharge their electricity. Um, so in this video clip here that, that shows this as just a four foot kind of square hole cut into the 
the rock, and it lights up in the morning and at night, and it catches the light. So what it's doing is it's heating up the, it's doing a lot of things. It's heating up the rock. It's also lighting up the interior of the monument where there's passageways and chambers. Which um, number are we looking at? Uh, still, we're on number one, okay. uh, 1B, Crown Chakra. I, I'm talking about this clip I made, and it's just to show how there's all these spots where they, they're they heating up these monuments. And it reminds me of Victor uh, Schauberger, I think is how you say his name. He was a forester who was born in Germany in 1890, and he saw how water, he saw the water creates an electrical charge when you have different temperatures in the water. This part's a little colder than this part over here, and this is flowing over here, and you got a little uh, kind of whirlpool over here. And he came to find out that uh, you have this electrical charge in the water. Now, you're not going to get shocked if you get in the water, but the water is charged, and so is the rock. The rock is made of you know, this type of rock um, is used for a particular reason because of its composition. One of the things it has is uh, called calcite, and the calcite is the bones of the rock. It holds the rock together. It's like calcium in our bodies. And when the calcite gravity has a detrimental effect on it, so after, you know, 150 million years or so, the calcite breaks down, and then you have these arches start to collapse, and that's what we're seeing. So there's there's some urgency to get this. I, I feel some urgency to get this out there um, so people understand what's there, and we can start preserving this uh, better. Uh, but yeah, what they're doing with the light and the stone, they're creating electrical charge in the stone, and then they try... And it's creating this earth consciousness. It's it's really mind-blowing. Um, let's go to item number two. And uh, just an untouched photo looking down at Park Avenue. And then in number three, I enhance it. And hopefully you can see what I've been talking about with this 3D artwork. Now, when we go to an art museum and we look at paintings and stuff on the wall, it's it's like a 2D thing. Uh, not so here. These people are so out of control. <laughs> um, hopefully you can see, like, on the left, you've got um, the bust of, of someone. Part of his face is cut off, but I think you can make out that that's somebody's face looking to the left, kind of. And then um, next to them, you have, this is a, a woman, I would say, a female bust and um, and then kind of the center right area you have the more yellow and stuff this is you now that's all Park Ave there and um, as the sun moves across the sky this is why the face on Mars it, it's changed so much it's because it's meant to change and you're going to see different things at different times of the day and throughout the seasons so this is a really, boy, they are master storytellers because you have all these scenes unfolding and it's all over the earth. So it's quite the story. There's a lot of chapters and 
Um, it really boggles the mind if when you try to wrap your, your head around this. And an item number four uh, is just uh, another version. And uh, I use Premiere Pro to enhance these images, and there are some 25 filters, uh, light blending filters, their algorithms. And so um, I like this one. It tends to show the brightest and the darkest areas. And you can see how the sun works off this, these stones where uh, you have these bright areas. I follow, I follow the light, I follow the sound, the water. I, I look at where the water, when it rains, where is the water going? And sometimes it goes into these monuments and it goes down inside the monument. And it's like, it reminds me of the movie Dune. <laughs> okay, you know, John, Jonathan, we're we're coming up on our our bottom of the hour break, so um, I I'm going to ask you some questions when we come back um, from the okay. break, but uh, you're listening to the other side of midnight. Um, special guest uh, tonight is uh, Jonathan Womack, um, and we're doing Utah, so we'll be back after the break. Steve Hoagland here. I'd like you to support The Other Side of Midnight by subscribing to Club 19.5 and thereby joining our unique and growing radio community. Tune in to listen to our fascinating guests, pioneers on the out-there edge of science and thought, and gain access to exclusive member benefits. To do this, just visit our website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the navigator bar or in the left-hand column. Membership costs $19.95 per month. That's 33 tetrahedral cents a day. I mean, it's the price of a couple of cups of coffee. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to this show and literally hundreds of previous shows on hundreds of different topics going back to 2015 that we have done. Our archive shows have the commercials removed and you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the 19-point archives if you prefer. To enhance your listener experience, a new The Other Side of Midnight podcast is being added to all show pages, which will allow you to instantly search the show archives of Radio with Pictures, thus easily accessing the corresponding show. Plus, you can just as quickly access the entire podcast list when you're on the go. I want to personally thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your continuing support, this show would literally not be on the air. Please continue supporting the broadcast to provide you with the most interesting conversation available, talk radio at the cutting edge of science and thought, and if you like what you hear on the other side of midnight, tell your friends and continue growing the show by having them subscribe to Club 19.5 as well, because we need all of you. And when I say we need you, you're the reason we're doing all this. Hoagland, over and out.
welcome back to the other side of midnight. I'm your host for the night, Keith Morgan, uh, and Jonathan Womack is our guest. And uh, Jonathan's been pointing out some astonishing facts that these guys have terraformed this planet in such a way that they have incorporated images into large areas on this planet. And if you were here a few minutes ago, and he was showing us the uh, showing us the uh, globe, and he was talking about the reptilian images that were there. You could see those in the the shapes that were formed, and he was talking about Slinky, and and the, everything. They're there, but nobody looks at that this way. Is it? They're just saying this is just random stuff. But these guys, if they could make a dome around the moon, they definitely could make you know, artistic artwork on a large scale. So I'm going to bring Jonathan back. Hi, hey, John. Yeah. Okay. So in the pictures of two, three, and four, mm-hmm. and, and I know most people look at this and they see it as a jumble. Yeah. But there's actual artwork there that's been eroded away over a long period of time and it's it's symbolic because it's got information in it that these guys wanted to pass down through time and stone will outlast most everything else and that's why they they did most of their work in stone and people think oh this is primitive if you're working with stone no it's not (laughs) primitive we're going to eventually go back to stone. We once we get through playing with our polymers and our our alloys and all of that, we're going to go back to stone because we're yeah. Going this to is highly stone. advanced technology. This the stone tech and this thought tech. This is beyond our science. And uh, let me show something in, in item picture number three. Um, you know, I'm talking about all this. We're going to see a lot of dragons tonight because. Somewhere out there on this planet, the dragons, wow, uh, I'm getting to know the dragons even. So, in in image number three, for example, if you look towards the the top of that image, the top kind of right, there's some text where it says, Arches National Park Road. And it's written to show you the road and where it comes in there. And Now, that spot right there, for example, Arches National Park Road, that is right below that. It's yellow, and so that's the head of a dragon. We're looking down at it from the top, and it's got a beautiful mane and and uh, headdress. And then to the right of that, you can see the 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 mom. You have the dad and the mom, and with the dragons, uh, because they call it the golden hour when the sun goes down. Uh, and the sunlight passes through the Earth's, this happens in the morning, the blue hour, and at night, the golden hour, and the sunlight passes, it's refracted through the Earth's atmosphere, and you have these magical things happening. And this is when, when I do a lot of my research on Google Earth, you use the sundial tool. You just move the slider back and forth to see the, the light coming, you know, what's lighting up here. You know, you kind of go a few minutes at a time, and you can see what's lighting up but yeah, those are two dragon heads there, and in all the gorges and all the rivers, uh, like the Colorado River, I'm going to show in some upcoming slides. 
<clears throat> when you have these bends in the canyons, it's a sure sign that the it's all dragon heads. The wa the water is winding around, and it wi and they're all dragon heads. The stone part, you know. So um, yeah, a lot of dragons, a lot of these humanoids, and then a lot of these reptoids where it's like a reptile and a human were mixed together yeah you get these mixes um so let's move on to number five and this is another image looking down at uh, park ave you have moab is the closest city uh town to arches park it's just a like a mile and a half from the entrance and uh it's funny because that spot moab is when you you're looking down from the sky uh that's not some random flat area that is a special spot and another thing worth mentioning here in the middle of this image you can see the court it's called the courthouse wash and it's that green grassy area that when it rains like i said i follow the water uh, so when it rains the water you can see it, it would run off like to the to the right of this image and then also follows it goes to the left through all this gorge and you kind of follow it around and it works its way over to moab so that courthouse wash uh is is an important feature because in this artwork, I think it, it oftentimes it's representing something that Georgia Lambert has talked about. Uh, she's our esoteric expert. And um, what I found in this artwork is when you follow the light, you find that, and this is true all over the earth where all this light play is taking place, it's lighting up the crown chakras and the ajna center or the third eye crown some people call it, it's three to six inches in front of your forehead and then the crown chakra is three to six inches above your forehead and then there's this process georgia talks about it takes place every 28 days uh just like the, the moon cycle it's where this liquid inside your brain in the middle of your brain um, works its way for two weeks down to the bottom of your spine to your root chakra and then the next two weeks it works its way up to your brain and it's now charged it's gone through this 28 day cycle so i just find this a lot of these uh sculptures where they show queen hera or whoever when the sun's going down her crown chakra lights up and, or the one in front of her forehead. There's a lot of that. And there's another one that lights up that's inside the head. Uh, Georgia calls it, see, when the soul gets older, when the body becomes the hands and feet of the soul, something magical happens. The crown chakra and the third eye chakra, together they create a brand new chakra the heart inside the head and it's inside your brain and it's this chakra forms uh, as you get more mature as a soul and um i'm also finding that depicted in all this art where when the sun's going down or when it's coming up in the morning this heart inside the head 
you'll have Hera's head, and then the sun comes up and it lights up a spot inside her head or the crown. Or so this is going on quite a bit, and it, all of this is telling us something. So in in item six, I've just highlighted some of this area. Again, you have Moab up in the left, and um, you can see along the top from left to right is where the side of this mesa lights up when the sun's going down. And um, hopefully you can see some of what I'm talking about without me having to add tons of annotation. I just... I mean, there's so much. The longer you look at this stuff, the more it, it comes out. So um, you're going to see lots of faces within faces and more faces. And hey, uh, it just kind of goes on to infinity, it seems like. Uh, item number seven is a, another image of Google Earth without any enhancements. And then in number eight, I've added some um, I'm not adding anything. I'm just adjusting the, the color configurations and the algorithms to bring out um, what I'm seeing. So whenever you're looking at, at the thing, at, at these from Google Earth perspective, what I do is first I look for the biggie. There's always going to be a face that's the biggest thing in, in your view. And then I can start looking at the smaller stuff, uh, the art within the art, within the art, down to ground level. But so here, for example, it would be this Dogon head that I showed in my one of the first couple of slides. That, uh, this time it's looking to the left. It's a side profile of this Dogon head. The, the light blue kind of thing at the top, that's again the, the crown. Everything's about these crowns and these headdresses. Everybody has headdresses and crowns of some sort. And um, so you see this Dogon head. And we're and talking about number eight right now? We are talking about number eight. That's okay. right. All right. Number eight. So you have this Dogon head that we saw on the, on the earth. And um, this is everywhere in all the mountain ranges. And you just start it really becomes very noticeable and recognizable after a while. And you can see that this thing's mouth, um, by its mouth you have another, like a baby. They're big into family. Um, so you have a smaller, like Slinky. You know, it looks like Slinky. Uh, a right a side profile of Slinky looking to the right, uh, like nudging up to its mother kind of thing. And um, I, I pointed out the Tower of Babel, the TOB there, and the Courthouse Towers. And there's always another aspect of this art is how the magic is, is made with the shadows. They manipulate, they carve the rock so that when the sun comes over and moves... It creates all these shadows and these faces just pop out as the sun goes by during the day. And then it disappears, just like the face on Mars. It shows up, oh, and a few hours later, oh, it's gone. It, that's not a face. No, no, it is. It's just it changes and it changes with the sun. What is that? So, uh, what, what is the black line that looks like a cable buried going from 
the lower left corner up to the towards the upper right corner of the frame. Uh, you're not talking about the road, are you? Is that a road? Yeah, there's, that's a road, and that's the equivalent of taking a black magic marker and drawing a mustache on the Mona Lisa. Um, we we want to keep the uh, human <laughs> element where we, you know, we don't want to be building any, I'm glad this is a national park because we don't want to build on this stuff. We don't want to destroy it in any way. We want to keep it. And you can see in the bottom left corner, there's that courthouse wash I was talking about. The green, you know, it's a very grassy area because the water all comes washing through there. Um, so let's uh, move on here. Um, number nine. This drew a circle around the courthouse towers there so you can see that the shadow, the canvas is the ground, and then the monuments are... Th the 3D kind of element of the art. So I, I'm thinking you could probably see this without me having to, uh, you know, point out too much. There's, it's uh, a face, and uh, they have a crown, a headdress. Oh, and on the right, the upper right quadrant of this image, I've added some color to the dragon because all these monuments. <clears throat> when you look at them, uh, if you were standing down there looking at it face on, for example, you you really get a better idea of it. But I think you can see here also that this is a the head of a dragon, and it reminds me of an alligator when they're on the water, you know, their heads on the water. And um, so this dragon, and it's got the fiery. They always have the dragon breath around the dragon's mouth. Uh, and the dragon has this wonderful mane um, that is the, I call it the Park Avenue end cap. Uh, this is the area where, uh, like you and your wife, Keith, you, you people park way off to the right out of frame, and then they walk down here through this lane that is formed by these uh, constructs. And when you're in it, you don't see it. But when you look at it from above or from afar, you see, wow, that's a dragon. And they're, they're big on the dragons. Dragons, every, everything's dragons. And, but yeah, how beautiful is that? I hope folks can see that. And another thing worth pointing out is when I, I use these uh, light filters, you can see that these different areas, you kind of have a darker area, but then you have these splotches of bright yellow-orange that, that light up. And those are important glyphs that are, are telling us clues. And I, I'm hoping we can get some kind of linguist who has worked with, uh, say, Egyptian glyphs, perhaps, and we can start getting... I'm putting the symbols together in a catalog, and um, yeah, hopefully at some point we can start figuring that stuff out. Moving along uh, to item number 10, it's uh, another image without any annotations or enhancements. Um, so now we go to the next page of my items, which is uh, items 11 through 30, if you click on John 11 through 30, it'll take you to the next show page. 
and you'll see item 11. Now I've added some enhancement to that, the previous image, image uh, number 10. And hopefully you can start to see uh, what I'm getting at. I, I noticed this matching aspect of it uh, back in October when I did sort of part one with Richard, October 9th of last year. I noticed when I was looking through what I call the sacred, sacred apertures, and I'm looking across Park Avenue through these peepholes at the mural across the way, uh, a few hundred yards across Park Ave. And it's I realized that things on the mural across the way are matching with the peepholes. You know, it's like a partition you're looking through. And I've come to learn that the matching is also on a huge, profound scale. So as you zoom out further and further and further and you look at these structures from a, an angle here, we're, we're kind of looking at this straight on. We're, we're at a bit of an angle, but you've got, you'll have a, a mesa that is miles away in the background and you have foreground stuff, then you have mid, the mid-ground structures, and they form, you know, Queen Hera's face or these kind of things. And then you zoom all the way out until you can see the curve of the Earth. I, I think I have one an example of that coming up. You see the curve of the Earth, and you know. So now we're talking like 500 miles in the background. You have uh, their crown, and then in the foreground, you have something, and together it all makes, it matches together, and it makes somebody's face. So there's all this matching going on. It's really, really cool. And uh, let's move on to number 12. Um, here we're looking down Park Avenue is the upper right corner, and... Um, it includes, uh, you know, if you move to the left, the, the top part of this image, uh, that's also considered Park Ave. That's um, the courthouse towers. And then the upper left, you have the Tower of Babel or Babel, however they say it. And then in the middle area, the left to right, you have, I call this the grant. We're looking down at the Grand Gallery, or at least one side of it. It's a U-shaped area and this is canyon we're looking down and um what you're going to see when i i add some color to it in image number 13 go to 13 so i've enhanced this and you can see that the tower of babel and the courthouse tower are actually the ears of this huge dragon head like I said, I always look for the biggie. You know, what's the biggest thing I'm looking at? And I, I kind of, and then from there, I work my way down and look at all the art that's embedded into that. Um, so the really cool thing about this, as I, I, I'm going to keep pointing out, is the ground is the main canvas and the monuments that stick up are part of the art. You have to look at them together. You don't just look at the courthouse towers. It's the ground. 
I could and, see when with the the two the two that are standing at the Tower of Babel Dragon and the courthouse mm -hmm. uh, town yeah. queen, when it, in the picture before you annotated them and brought them out, I could mm -hmm. see there was something weird about those, yeah. uh, and I can see the dragon down there on the on the right hand corner, um, looking in that direction. It's a it's a big dragon, right? It's got the eye and the it it looks like a a dragon to me. Well, the 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 biggie yeah. that I'm pointing out is the the ears would be the Tower of Babel and the Courthouse Tower, and then on the right side you have the snout and the teeth. So this is the head. It stretches from left to right. It takes up most of this picture. That is the head of a dragon All in right. this 3D art. And if you were in a helicopter looking down at this during the golden hours, the sun is setting and the lights refracting. Um, you would see this a little better and you just get eyes for it. You start recognizing it. So, um, yeah, this, this is pretty crazy. And I, I zoom in on it. Uh, item number 14, I've zoomed in now on the upper left area and I'm hoping that people can see that the Tower of Babel dragon you can see that the road cuts right through its like its mouth and its kind of face. Uh, the eye is very bright yellow point uh, area, a, a slot on the on the tower part. But the ground is the like the head, and the tower is the mane. It's the dragon's mane. So I don't know if people can see that, but um, yeah, that's a dragon looking sort of to the right. Uh, it's facing us at an angle, kind of looking right there. And that that's a, a dragon head. And in the courthouse tower, I'm hoping you can also see that this there's a cat face that's sticking out there. And um, the ground is, is helping to form these illusions. You know, they're... They're basically 3D illusions. And, um, you know, you have the, the headdress. This cat has the, the headdress, which is the courthouse, you know, the rocky part there sticking up. And, and there's other faces in there. And if you go around and look at the towers from the other direction, you'll see another face. And it's, it's this kind of thing. And it's so cool because if you change your position, no matter what, perspective you're looking at um, if you look at this area from the opposite direction it's entirely a different scene everything is something else so it's it's remarkable how they were able they're able to create all this stuff when you when you think about all the various aspects of it, it it's really something else so moving on let's go to number 15 now I've, I've just zoomed in a bit on the right side and I'm hoping you can see the snout and the, the teeth represented here a little better of this dragon. And uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this stuff because, you know, people can come back and look at these. And so number 16, now I've zoomed in on this dragon's head in the grand gallery and um, I just want to, this just looks like, you know, geologists would have us believe this is all interesting erosion. And this started 150 million years ago, according to them. 
and it happened over this time. Now we have all this neat-looking stuff, but it's it's just rocks. Yeah. Uh, no, it isn't. <laughs> That's the farthest thing from the truth. And in 17, item number 17, I've enhanced some of this. And you can see the crown face that we've a lot of people are familiar with on Mars. Uh, the crown face is on a Martian cliff. And so what some of the um, styles, I, I guess you'd call it, of art, uh, what they do is they'll take a face and then it's overlapping. Somebody's face will, they'll, a lot of times you'll have three faces. They like the trio. You have three faces side by side. But instead of having them just side by side, they overlap them so that you have Sue on one end, Jimmy in the middle, and um, you know Linda on, on the right side. So they just squeeze those three faces together until they overlap and their eyes, you know, one person's left eye overlaps with the other person's right eye. And so you've got kind of half of their faces are overlapping. And it's always their eyes will, will match up. They overlap uh, the, the eyes. And when you look at it, and it's the same, if you go look at the crown face on Mars, and you look at it from that perspective, you will see that there are two other faces next to the crown face, and they overlap each other. But yeah, it's just a, a technique of these artists and these architectures or architects who put all this together. So it's always you have faces within faces, and uh, we're about yeah, a minute the more, and thirty out from our our break. A, a minute thirty, okay. Um, yeah, uh, just uh, we'll go to eighteen real quick, and this is and uh, no annotations and. Uh, in the left, you have Moab uh, on the left side here. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into this image a bit when we, I guess, when we come back from the break. Okay. Uh, you're listening to The Other Side of Midnight. Uh, I'm your host, uh, uh, sitting in for Richard, because he's having internet problems. And our guest is Jonathan Womack. And... Uh, We'll be back after the break. Thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350 plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward. And boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because 
Without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out. Over and out.